Stephanie Shaw. Welcome to the Hello Hot Flash podcast, where midlife women can learn from guest experts and authors who discuss menopause and all that comes with this new chapter in our lives. Hello Hot Flash, where we learn to control the change and not let the change control us. Welcome to another episode of Hello Hot Flash, where we teach you how to control the midlife change. I'm so excited. I'm laughing already because, you know, Heather and I, of course, have had a side conversation. I left you guys out. We're so sorry. (laughs) But I'm so excited to be here today with my guest, Heather Odendahl. Heather is an accomplished Canadian entrepreneur, brand builder, and event producer whose experience in corporate environments inspired her to create and co-found W North. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear more about that. W North is a global organization dedicated to developing women mid-career on a trajectory toward senior executive leadership. She has worked on some of the world's largest and most prominent events, including Vancouver 2010 Winter Olympics. Exciting. Uh, And in her spare time, you can find her judging local food and wine competitions and spending time with her husband, Mike, and their two children. Heather, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm very excited for the conversation today. As am I, as am I. A a large number of the listeners, they're mid-everything. So we're mid-hormone change, we're in the middle of raising kids and in the middle of helping our parents, but a lot of folks are also in the middle of their career. And I want to have a conversation with you today, what, what that looks like, how an organization like yours can support them, and also how it can impact our health, because um, that, that happens as well. So I'm excited to learn more, and let's, let's just get started. Tell us a little bit about your background, Heather. Yes, well, thank you. And uh, I I can't tell the background story without telling you where I I live. So um, I live in Whistler, Canada, which is, if you're not familiar, in the mountains north of Vancouver. And uh, going back to, you know, I guess I've been here 18 years. Mm -hmm. I moved up here after university um, and uh, landed a job in corporate sponsorship at the ski hill. And, you know, as many, as many uh, Whistlerites usually do, came for one ski season um, and, and remained, but I've always been in the events and, and sort of sponsorship uh, realm. And uh, it was in 2010, just after my contract with the Olympics, that I decided to start my own business. Um, Interestingly enough, I like to share the story because um, I started my business after about a year and a half of looking for a job after the 2008 recession, kind of taking contracts, which I took the contract with the Olympics, I took a contract with Molson, a number of different contracts, but still really looking for that, you know, long term opportunity Mm -hmm. and, you know, started to get some really cool sort of gig work, the gig economy and the the gig work kept coming. So I started my own business back in 2010. So I'm, I guess, 13 years into this entrepreneurial journey and uh, worked on, you know, some really great events uh, and then started uh, started a role, uh, kind of started part-time actually with Constellation Reds, which is a, the largest wine company in the world. And uh, I was uh, leading a large portfolio, sales portfolio for them 
uh, side hustling my my entrepreneurial thing uh, mm-hmm. for a little while. But uh, after being with the organization, I saw that there was a a really big uh, difference in the number of women that were um, in you know a sales function or essentially running the company um, on the boots on the ground and very few women in the top three levels of leadership. And I personally was looking for a bump from manager to director. And I went searching within my own company for leadership development, networking opportunities. Initially, I was looking for a conference actually uh, to go to and to network with um, women at the similar level of leadership. And I applied for some in the US that uh, I didn't get accepted for. And I felt very defeated. Mm -hmm. And my husband sort of sat me down one day and said, you know, you have a background in events. If you're looking for something, you're probably not the only one. And it was in 2015 that we started the first W North conference. And we'll get into the rest um, a little bit later. But the origin of W North comes from the very first conference we hosted in 2015. I, so I love, I just said, awesome. I don't know. Didn't you know if you hear, heard me whisper, like the fact that your husband saw that, saw that in you and then encouraged you to, to move forward, to, to create something like W North. And I think um, let's, let's segue into that. Let's talk about what W North is and what that means to women who are mid-career. Yeah. So um W North is on a mission to elevate more women to senior executive leadership. Um, and we do that through um, building, building community, build, um, providing skills and uh, leadership development training. Um, also, we do forums uh, that bring together women kind of at a high level uh, with an executive coach uh, to really delve into it's like kind of a mere peer mentorship program. Uh, to dive into challenges that they might be facing um, in their um, in their current uh, job or even in life, often it comes up. So uh, we're really we've we're multifaceted now. We've evolved from just the conference. We do still host the the conference, um, and we will have our eighth conference next spring. Awesome. So that is a big, you know, a core feature of you know what we are working on. But we also have a membership community of 1,200 members, and over 15,000 people have attended a W North event over the last eight years. So why why is this important? Um, you mentioned that you personally were looking for you were looking for an opportunity to network to perhaps find a mentor or someone that could help you get to the next level in your career. Why is this important for women and why is this something that W North is doing? That's a great question. And in fact, we were even, um, we just we just completed our annual survey and uh, we were even just, you know, asking a lot of questions like, is this still relevant? Are, you know, are women still looking for this kind of support? And we found that 79% of the respondents encountered, and this is of our wider community, so not just our members, but um, people who follow us on Instagram and are part of our mailing list. So we found 79% of respondents encountered barriers when building their professional networks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially coming out of the pandemic, you know, we have 
um, we have lost touch with, um, you know, a lot of our networks. So we're having to rebuild our networks, even if people are finding themselves in an unemployment situation um, or they're looking to make a transition. So we know that networks and building your network are fundamental to advancing to senior executive leadership. And unfortunately, a lot of, um, a lot of those uh, opportunities to build your network fell away um, after the pandemic, you know, about, about 50% of women's leadership organizations have not come back in person, whether it's a conference, whether it's, um, events new are emerging, new events and new opportunities are emerging, but it, the events industry was very hard hit. And so we are, we know from doing the survey that the work we're doing, bringing women together at this high level is still fundamental to um, ensuring they have success in moving their career forward. What, what are some of the challenges women face when they're either um, trying to move their career forward? Uh, how, how are they learning to overcome those obstacles so that they can start building their business and start getting themselves to that next level? Yeah, so it's a great question. We've got um, a number of, of topics that keep coming out, obviously, Burnout um, is a big one. Um, we're doing a lot of program programming around supporting burnout, especially as it relates to um, remote employees um, and remote workers. Another, um, so in terms of supporting that, we're providing some resources, um, workshops. We're doing a retreat actually for, um, you know, overcoming burnout that we're doing this this weekend in British Columbia. Um, but another thing that um, is rarely talked about, but it's really important, is proximity bias. So proximity bias is the bias that mostly women, but all remote workers face mm-hmm. um, by being removed from the office environment. And what does that do to the advancement of their of their career? Um, we know that um, women and people of color are a higher percentage of selecting remote work um, as their as their preferred, and they are in the office less days than say their white male um, counterparts. We it's still too early to say in terms of um, statistics, but we are seeing um, that women are still losing opportunities for advancement because they are not seen in the office. So. We have been doing some work with some of our members as well around overcoming ways to overcome proximity bias and keep their um, keep them, you know, in the front of mind through front of mind to the, you know, the the managers or the directors that can put their name forward for promotion. Um, And one of those ways is through sort of mentorship and sponsorship, which is a huge focus for us as well. So I had never heard of that data before about um, the proximity bias. Why do you think that is, why do you think that number is so high in the black community and with women? So we know that, I mean, there's a number of factors. One I would bring up is childcare and Mm -hmm. uh, that, um, that women um, and women of color specifically um, would, are, are, are faced with um, the 
not to say the burden because we love our children, but um, you know, the the responsibility of looking and caring for children, even if it's, you know, be it after school. You know, I'm 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 just about to send my second uh, child off to kindergarten. And, you know, the the idea that our school finishes at 2.30 in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, what, you know, what, <laughs> what are you going to do with them? I have got two of them now. I mean, I'm just in it. So I'm, I'm really just, you know, getting started. Right. But um, so I think there's, you know, there's definitely the child responsibilities. There is, I mean, quite frankly, I, we spoke about it before we got on the call. Laundry. Yeah. I will opt to work from home on Monday so I can do the laundry while I'm working. So, you know, there's so many factors that come into play and it definitely, um, you know, has a huge focus on those those uh, sort of traditional norms that are still existing within um, households across Canada and the U.S. Yeah, that, and that's that's so true. It may, Once you said it, it makes sense, but honestly, it's nothing that I'd ever I thought about. And it's something that we do need to think about, especially when um, we don't want to be remain stagnant in our careers just because we decide to stay at home or because we may need to stay at home because of children and so forth. We're still doing the yeah. work. We're still We're still doing the work. Oh my goodness. Work. I don't I don't have the statistics, but I mean there's no there's a reason you have the saying of like, if you want something done, give it to a busy mom. Thank so. you. I know. Right. And I'll be honest with you. I work twice as hard working for myself than I did for anyone else. Not saying I didn't work hard, you know, in my corporate job. And I also uh, spend more time during the day when I'm at home because it's in front of me all the time. So I'm always working on it. So I don't it, it's, it's just sad to hear that that is um, a truth and a, something that people are being uh, confronted with when we have so many other things that we're confronted with as women. Exactly. Here's another one. Proximity bias. I know. Sorry <laughs> to be the, bear, the bearer of bad news. <laughs> oh my gosh. One more thing. I am going in a corner, Heather, and just live in my corner. <laughs> so, how, so we talked about it a little bit, but how, I'm part of um, you going from mid-career to the executive level of career, it it takes a toll on you physically and mentally as well. So it's not just about being smart enough. It's not just about being in the office or getting that opportunity. Uh, I want women to, to think about, again, the toll that it plays on your, your mentally and physically. How do we balance the demands that uh, we have on us when we're trying to go to that next level in our career? What are some, some good examples? Yes, no, that's a great question. I think that you know, one of the things I'm, I'm seeing sort of time and time again is this, you know, conversation around um, women in the workplace picking up the so-called housekeeping. So mm -hmm. picking up the, I'll give you an example, um, you know, women in, um, women in the workplace are, you know, like three times more likely to get tasked with planning the birthday party of somebody at the office or, you know, the planning the retreat, um, you know, all sorts of aspects that are outside of their scope of work. And what I always encourage our, you know, community members to is really think about the duties that you're saying yes to um, and how that is going to actually translate to um, a promotion. 
oftentimes we and and this you know it depends on the scenario of course but you know sometimes women will get stuck in a certain position um, because they have made themselves so valuable in that position that the hiring manager the ceo whatever level is making a decision cannot fathom them moving up from that position they have made themselves um irreplaceable, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And in this current job um, market where, you know, it's very hard to find good people, um, they're actually stifling their opportunity. And so not to say, I'm not saying don't do a good job, but don't make yourself irreplaceable in the sense of they, they can't see you in a different role. So I often encourage, you know, drop the office housekeeping or find someone else to do it and really focus on doing tasks that are as closely aligned with the position that you want to. Um, we talked about, we did an event in New York recently and we talked about this idea of fellowship. Mm -hmm. um, at SAP, they run a fellowship program, which I thought was really fascinating, which allows them the opportunity to, I, I guess it's kind of a extension of a job shadow. Mm -hmm. It allows them an opportunity to step into um, a role or job shadow somebody in a role um, that maybe they wouldn't have thought of before. Sometimes it's a lateral move. Sometimes it's a promotion into a different department. Um, but I would encourage um, everyone to think outside the box as to what that next position is. Is it actually in your department? Is your boss going anywhere? And, you know, and, and navigate, um, you know, the landscape of which you, you'd like to build for yourself, whether it's, you know, the ladder or the lattice idea where you, um, you may need to go sideways before you go up, that type of thing. Yeah. I like that ladder or the lattice. Okay. I hadn't heard mm -hmm. that. I'm like, mm -hmm. learning stuff today. I always learn new things. Like I do this podcast so I can educate myself. <laughs> 100%. No, 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 I, I, I get that. So uh, what I what I found so interesting about your work, and a lot of people may not, especially if you're mid-level, you may not initially think about the need to have transferable skills. So leadership, networking, mentorship, like if someone, if you're, you know, maybe in your 20s and you don't understand, and maybe your first generation, first corporate job that anyone in your family's ever had, and you don't understand the impact a mentor could have, that can leave you stymied. You can not potentially advance in your career. How are you and your organization teaching people these skills like leadership, networking, and mentorship? And how are those skills transferable to everyday life? Mm -hmm. No, it's a, a great question. A best example um, would be our forums program. So we started this uh, about five years ago and uh, we just, launched, I guess we'll be launching our 15th cohort of this program. And what it is, is a peer mentorship um, circle that are that are essentially broken out into different categories. So um, women will apply and then they will um, allow be allowed to sort of select into different, let's, let's say, um, you know, women leaders in marketing, uh, women leaders in sales, uh, entrepreneurs, et cetera. So we kind of group them according to um, their background. But where the magic happens is in these uh, 
peer mentorship circles. So you have six to seven women and a facilitator who's often an executive coach. And, you know, what I love about this is it's focus on peer. It's focus on peer mentorship and women really thrive in this environment. It's, it's sort of started out as one program that we offer now. It's kind of our flagship because it has, you know, it's a, it's a two-way street. Mentorship is always a two-way street and um, mentorship, sponsorship, uh, maybe not as much sponsorship, but mentorship is. And, you know, I think that the last couple of years has been such a focus on, you know, getting a mentor or, you know, somebody above you. And it's not always that, um, that's not always the most important thing. You know, I think um, everybody has a different experience um, with handling different situations. And, uh, and I think that's what the magic is about the fact that these, this is a peer, I get a little bit from you, you get a little bit from me. Um, and, uh, and, and everybody feels um, like it's a win win. So, I mean, that's sort of, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it, does. it does. No, 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 that it really does. Uh, so part what I also so you do the leadership, um, mentorship and so forth. But I've had an opportunity to sit in on one of your sessions as well. And you guys are talking about menopause. So, so I had to get, I had to go there, you know, hello, hot flash. Yeah. I, I thought that was amazing that you recognize and respect the fact that, again, what happens to our bodies also impacts us in the workplace. So I ended up um, closing my nonprofit uh, and it was, 100% menopausal symptoms that caused that to happen. So it was a two-year journey of being sick, um, but there wasn't a conversation that was happening and there weren't conversations like they're happening now. Why did you guys feel it's so important to bring on experts to have this type of conversation with the women who you support? So about, about six months ago, I got a a message um, from one of our members. She was a found, she's a founding member. She's been with us since we launched the membership in 2018. And, uh, and she said, I wanted to apologize. I wanted to apologize that I haven't been to any member meetups. I wanted to apologize that I haven't been to any of the networking events. And I didn't come to the conference last year. And I wanted to share that I am going through some very hectic symptoms as related to menopause. And I, I had not, I obviously, I haven't, um, I haven't experienced menopause. So I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I did not know that, um, that it could be this debilitating and that there is. And when I started to do more research, I realized, as you know, no one's talking about it. You know, everyone's talking about getting sick leave for, you know, when you're pregnant. And finally, I mean, I remember when I was pregnant, three months pregnant and, you know, I, you just couldn't ask for days off. But I mean, I was not capable of being in an office environment at that point. Um, those conversations are starting to happen, which is fantastic. But what about, you know, the, you know, the um, my member that reached out to me and, um, you know, she feels like she can't talk about it because she's, she is the same age as me. So I think she's 
maybe 40 or 41 or something perimenopause. And she's um, not embarrassed, but it was, you know, and it it really brought her to her knees. Mm -hmm. And I realized that um, we can't have a network of mid-career women and not talk about it. Mm -hmm. So this is, we're at the beginning of this journey. um, But I, I, that was our first event on the topic. Uh, but it will not be the last. And the number of people that have asked me for a copy of the replay um, is incredible. You know, it's it's really something that I'd say women who have not um, who have not yet uh, experienced menopause are are getting curious and really reaching out to th- learn more. It's such an important topic. It's it's so important um, because, especially in the United States there, the the conversation isn't happening and it's definitely not happening at the level where it's part of the HR policy. And how do we start having the conversations like they're having in Europe? Canada is better than the United States with those conversations as well. So being able to educate women on menopause, giving them the, the level of comparability to start to have those conversations and then getting some decision makers to recognize how important it is. I think that's magic. And I I appreciate that you guys are doing that because I'm sure at your table, you also have some people who can influence policy as well. So the more that they're hearing about it, I think the better. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an important conversation along with menopause. How does investing in your own health and well-being serve as a form of self-care and self-preservation when you are mid-career? So I'm going to share a little bit of a story of what happened to me this year. So um, as I mentioned, I'm I'm an event planner that by trade, that's that's my jam. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, coming out of 20, 2020, 2021, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't sitting on my hands. I was running W North digitally and we did lots of events online. But coming out of the pandemic, I had you know, a lot of events and, um, I do freelance, uh, conference, uh, planning as well. And I was just flying back from Singapore, uh, doing a site visit for one of my, um, my conferences. And, uh, I, 24 hours later, I was doing a wedding for a client. I don't do weddings anymore, but I, I, I came out of retirement to do a wedding. Mm -hmm. And so I, go to, to do the client wedding. Um, the next morning I couldn't move my neck. Um, I had a severe spasm, um, that essentially prevented me from turning my neck for almost a month. Um, I, I couldn't believe how much it affected me. I couldn't sit at my computer. I took conference calls lying on the floor. Um, I was going to see acupuncture, massage, like it was like a daily occurrence. And, um, and I think, you know, one of, there were two things at play, maybe, maybe more, but one was my office setup was not correct. So, um, you know, my chiropractor um, pointed that out and I had been working at my laptop too low and all that for the whole pandemic. So I've just actually, I have just upgraded my my set. I'm actually not, the webcam hasn't arrived, so I'm on my laptop, but it's elevated. Um, so that happened, but I also <clears throat> was too busy <clears throat> during the pandemic 
to really focus on strength training and, and making sure that my body, you know, stayed as we get older, you know, being an event planner is a physical, it's a physical job, but it's not as physical that you're constantly, you know, building your muscle mass, you're planning an event and then you're executing it and you need to be um, strong. You've got to lift boxes. You got to do chairs. Even if you have support, you're always moving things. So I was at that moment. It was lying on the floor in February, um, you know, on conference call 17 or whatever. And I realized if I'm going to keep doing this work, I think something needs to change. And so, you know, I've made a firm commitment to do strength training, um, you know, being on my Peloton more yoga, um, just moving my body, um, in a way that I've, I've always been blessed to be kind of skitty. So I wasn't motivated, you know, like it was, it would not motivate. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, blessing I can admit curse. it. I'm, I have good genes. And, and so I haven't, there hasn't been that motivation, but I tell you that was my motivation. Um, I, and the, and the passion is to get stronger and to be able to say, yes, I'm going to be, if I'm a event planner at 55, okay. So maybe I'll hire a few, you know, young guns to move furniture around, right. but I want to look at my career 15 years ahead and be confident that I will be strong enough. I will be able to walk. I will be, you know, all of those things. And so to your question about like, um, why is it important to think about it? It's all, it's, it's also my, it's my lively livelihood, mm-hmm. you know, it's what am I going to do in 15 years if I can't move my body? Right. So, yeah. So I think thinking about it from a, you know, 15, maybe 20 years, you know, down the road, um, you know, what will, um, what will your life look like if you can't, you know, if you haven't taken care of your body? I think that's so important because again, we think about midlife career change to that executive position, but we don't think about, again, what it actually can do to our body. So how are we looking at your mind, your body, and your business? All three play a part in you moving from one level to another. And I, I beg women not to forget about the mind and the body while you're yeah. just so focused on the business and moving to that next level and you know getting that um, raise and getting that corner office and so forth. If you're not taking care of the other two, it you will you'll wake up one morning and can't move your body or you know like me, I similar thing with the the I couldn't drive for almost two months. So I was you know, having my husband take me to meetings and I was sneaking in the back way. So no one would know that I was too sick to drive. Like it was a, a mess, but it was yeah. part of not taking care of your body while you're trying to, while you're only focused on your career. So I thank you. I appreciate you for sharing that story. I have one more question for you. So what is one piece of advice you can share with our audience to help them manage hormonal changes? Ooh. Oh, well, I'd love to say I'm perfect at this, but I am not, but, um, I, I I mean, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm on a bit of a journey right now, as I'm sure a lot of women at this age is is sort of finding out the vitamin balance. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so making sure 
it's not something I've ever been passionate about before, but now in almost in preparation for menopause, it's something that I have um, really been um, refocused on. So I think I would encourage um, I would encourage women to maybe try a naturopath if they haven't before, um, get some blood work done with regards to, um, you know, what their deficiencies might be, and then, um, you know, get some supplements that support um, your overall health, especially as you prepare for um, menopause. I love that. Perfect suggestions. How can we find you, Heather? How can folks become part of W North? Yeah, so we are on the World Wide Web, if you've heard of it, uh, <laughs> WNorthConnect.com. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, a brilliant membership community of 1,200 women in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K. Um, we do lots of events virtually and uh, would love to, uh, to see some of you inside of the membership. Awesome, and I'll make sure I put all of the links uh, in the show notes. All right. Great. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Stephanie. It was such a wonderful conversation with you today. It was. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hello Hot Flash, where we help you control the midlife change. Make sure you check out the show notes where we include links to all of the subjects we talked about today. And if you want to uncover, learn how to manage your hormones so you can sleep better, have more energy, and manage your weight, head over to hellohotflash.com and take the 90-second quiz. Everyone, here's to your health. Join us Thursdays in October for a special Breast Cancer Awareness Month series. Each week, we will discuss how new advancements in tech will support your breast health. Tune in for uplifting stories every Thursday this October as we come together to raise awareness, support one another, and drive positive change.